Don't forget, you are recording in progress. Good What's God. up, guys? We're back with episode 17 of Simplified Health. Never gets old. Never. Today, we actually have a pretty, I think it's a pretty interesting topic that I'm super interested in. And basically, I want to talk about how we can utilize instead of performing steady state exercise. So instead of performing, for example, one 30 minute bout or one 45 minute bout or an hour bout, et cetera, of exercise, we can actually break that up into different intervals and get the same benefits as we would by performing that longer duration exercise. And I think it's a super interesting topic because oftentimes people are deterred from exercising because it's a one period of time where, you know, maybe you just don't specifically have an hour bout of your day that you can dedicate to exercise, especially if you're working in an office or whatever it may be. So I think it's important to understand the fact that you don't necessarily need to just perform one straight hour of exercise to get whether it may be cardiovascular benefits or just in general, the health benefits of exercise. What do you think, Juggy? Hi, Chick. I'm doing well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. I, I, I like the idea that we, um, we, we we've studied a lot about this in college. Um, the, the fact that people believe that they need to set just one hour or 45 minutes uh, out of their day to get their all of their exercise packed into one hour. And then for the other 23 hours, um, that thought just goes right out the window. And maybe they're taught, you know, they're going to focus on their diet or their uh, caloric intake or what's going to go in and out and stuff like that. And we all know that we're, we have different schedules. We have different lifestyles. We have all kinds of different uh, walks of life. People who have office jobs, they unfortunately can't get exercise throughout their workday because it's a lot of sitting. It's a lot of, you know, accepting calls and being a part of meetings and doing all the you know, the big boy and the big girl stuff, but um, that's why they have to resort to one hours, either if it's on the way to work or on the way back from work so that they can enjoy their home life, hopefully. But people who have jobs that are always on their feet, you know, uh, I just started my serving job at, at the restaurant that I currently work at, um, construction workers, uh, laborers, um, you know, people who are just on their feet all day and exercise as a part of their work life, not really speaking to this uh, market or this population right now. So we're just really focused on the people who feel that they need that one hour just to pack all of that exercise in there. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Chick, we're here to let them know that there's, there are more options out there. It's not, you don't have to just pack all of your exercise into one hour or just one 45 minutes. Am, am I assumed to be corrected? Absolutely. And so one of the things that you brought up, which I'm going to basically provide a counter argument for you and for our listeners is that before you do that, how are you? I'm we didn't really great. have an intro. Yeah, I know. I felt okay. like just cutting right to the chase. That's fine. Go for it. You know, Let's just, do that. Boom. I just want Let's... to make sure you're okay. Yeah, I'm great. Right. As long as you're a great juggy, I'm great. It's I'm okay. I'm doing well. I'm a little sore, but other I mean, that's normal. I know what I'm getting myself into. So my legs are uh, at the moment a worse for the wear. Every time I move them, it's like, oh, but they're, they're in repair mode right now. They're resting. So help, yes, help that... us out. Help me out with uh, there are a lot of people I do have, you know, uh, big boys and big girls, you know, people who are adults. They do have these office jobs or where they stand or sit around all day. 
And, and, and they really are, they're saying like, are there any other options here? Can I, like, do I have to join an hour class, you know, once per day or once every two days or something like that? You know, what, 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 what options can we offer these people? Yeah. So this is where my counter argument was going to come into play is that these individuals who are so caught up in their jobs, they Mm -hmm. can, instead of thinking about exercise as this structured period of their day that needs to either be performed before work on their lunch break, after work, they can think about it by breaking up this period of time that they're willing to dedicate. So if it's 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes at a time, you can break this exercise up throughout your day. So here's an example. You can literally get up at some point of your workday, go and take a 10 minute walk and come back to your desk. And if you do that three times a day, that's 30 minutes of cardio. And while you may think that you need to be performing that steady state, so that continuous 30 minutes in one, there is a really good research study that was actually performed. It's been a decent, I think somewhere in 2013 by a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Dr. DiPietro. I've met her one time, so uh, we're best friends, but (laughs) she told me about this study that she performed. And basically it was suggesting that three 15 minute bouts of exercise that are performed after an individual eats. So it's post meal walking that it can significantly improve your glycemic control. And it is just as effective as performing a straight 45 minute bout of exercise. Mm. So when we talk about glycemic control, that's basically just referring to how well we can, uh, clear insulin from our bloodstream and basically just in general insulin resistance, which is a bad thing. We want to improve our insulin resistance and that declines with age that declines with excess weight. So in general, this study did show that performing 45 minutes of exercise versus performing three 15 minute bouts of exercise are equally as effective at improving your glycemic control. Walking after eating controls my glycemic control. I heard that correctly. Yes. I want to control my glycemes. So when <laughs> I, whenever I, whenever I, uh, I, I, I go back to studying the whole, I think it was the glycemic index. The bottom line is it's a little foggy to me. I remember that there was like, it was like glycogen gets broken down into something which gets broken down into sugar, which then enters your bloodstream. There's like a step-by-step process. Is, is that what you're referring to when it comes to glycemic control? Or are you just talking about the sugar in your blood? So I'm talking, it, yes, it does get that in depth, but let's just focus on what happens. For example, after you consume a meal, you're going to have a rise in your blood sugar in your insulin levels. And basically the more insulin sensitive you are, the better you will be at controlling your blood glucose levels. So a lot of the times you go and get blood work and you'll see fasting blood glucose. And if it's above a specific range, that's dangerous. And your doctor may tell you that can lead to diabetes, but not only can it lead to diabetes, that strain on your Uh, on your cardiovascular system can also produce a significantly 
can produce many different effects on the body. Mm-hmm. So we're not just talking about diabetic patients. When we talk about improving your glucose control, every individual wants to have an improved insulin sensitivity because that's overall going to have that individual be able to better control their sugar, their blood sugar levels, which will in turn help them get into that fat burning state mode quicker or more efficiently. Oh yeah. You just, you, you're, you, uh, my mind clearly just went into these, these old school treadmills that they used to have. They used to have this chart on the top that had, um, the different, the two different zones that you're going to be hopefully getting into. And there was the one on top. It was a high intensity. It's like, uh, it's like, it's called the cardio zone. And then the one just below that was the fat burning zone. Do you happen to remember those? Absolutely. My point is, is that if you, if you exercise at a, at too high of an intensity, you're not hitting the fat, you're hitting the sugar, uh, in your bloodstream. Yes. No, correct me there. Absolutely. So, that's a great point you make. And I'm going to go off of it. I'm really done with this show. I'm, I'm so smart. Peace out. Oh, God. Oh, man. I'm so happy that you I was saved, right about that. You saved your, what did you call it? Glyce, gl- I want to save my glycemes. You saved that. I want to save my glycemes. That's just slang. I know that that's slang. <laughs> my glycemes are out of control, sister. I'm trying to control my glycemes. I love my glycemes. Don't look They're at my so glycemes. <laughs> But absolutely. So, so touching upon that, basically you have three different energy systems and we may have said this elsewhere in a different episode, but just to clarify the higher intensity exercise that you perform is going to tap into your blood sugar stores. Right. And just a simple explanation. We don't need to get in depth here, but the lower intensity type exercise that you perform is going to is going to burn more fat. And so people do both types of exercise, which is fine. But I always stress the fact that there is absolutely nothing wrong with performing low intensity exercise. It is going to take you a longer period of time to burn the same amount of calories that you would typically burn when you perform high intensity exercise. But I think the health benefits are far more remarkable for that you get when you perform low intensity exercise, because you are, first of all, not eliciting this significant strain on your body. You feel, you feel better generally, generally when you walk, you feel better than when you go and do some type of CrossFit workout. Right. Yeah. I I agree. Not to say don't do the CrossFit workout, but I think balance is always key. And so, yes, to go off of your, your treadmill thing, you will burn more fat with lower intensity exercise. Will you burn more calories? No. So that's the difference there. So keep that in mind. But so we've, we've established that to a decent extent. Now we know that low intensity burns fat. So now we're starting to realize not only does a 45 minute bout of exercise all in one have that same efficiency on improving our insulin levels, improving our blood glucose control. We are also finding that breaking that up into separate bouts during the day has the same exact effect. There you go. And this has been a few years coming. It's not recent data that's showing this now. 
there are quite a few research studies that have gone off of this, um, this study that was performed back in whatever I said, 2013. But do you think you personally would have an easier time or do you think that you would be more inclined to work out if I told you you had to do four 10-minute bouts of walking anywhere throughout your day versus doing a 40-minute bout? I would be declined to do anything you tell me because I don't like when you tell me to do things. But to answer your question. Touche, touche, Juggy. <laughs> no, but to, to, to stay on subject, um, I would feel, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. It would, it would honestly depend on my schedule because I would love to go and exercise and just get it done. Everyone says, I just want to get in there and get, get in That's and fine. get out. I want to, I want to punch in and punch out. It, it, it may have something to do with my schedule. Hey, I got a, I got something important going on. I have a dinner or something, um, you know, something of importance coming up. Or if I have the day, if I'm like, you know what, I have a lot of chores to do on a Saturday. I got laundry. <clears throat> I got a, I got my honeydew list. I have all, all these things that I have to go and take care of, you know, my, um, my, my significant others out of town, or maybe if I don't even have one, I got all this time on my hands, but, I, now that I have time to do that, I would honestly, personally, if that were the case, I'd like to do it kind of throughout the day. I want to take a break. I want to put on a load of laundry and go for a 15 minute walk, come back in and do something else and go for a 15 minute walk, take the laundry out, put it in the dryer, go for another 15 minute walk. That would be me personally, because I like the low intensity stuff because I have you go know, because my joints are killing me lately. So I don't want I, I don't feel like going into a high intense exercise. Uh, so in my personal case, literally right now, I would much rather go for a 10 or 15 minute walk throughout the day. Cause my legs are just hurting. So yeah. And would so be it. it's really schedule dependent. I wasn't looking for a yes or no answer. It really depends on your schedule. And so instead of just saying, mm, I can't get in an hour today, think about what you have going on in that day. If you have right. a lighter load in the beginning of your day, get in. 15 minutes early, get in 15 minutes later, however you structured it. The importance here is that you can break it up throughout your day. If your schedule does not permit you to perform one single bout of exercise, that is steady state or mm -hmm. over a certain period of time. I had a professor um, a while ago. Um, hopefully I, I think this relates to it, uh, to what we were talking about. Um, a person who went on a half an hour jog, jogged for about two and a half miles and then they did his biometrics and then they asked uh, that same person the very next day to walk the same amount of distance that he ran which was 2.5 miles and then they did his biometrics again and the only difference that they found was um only in his lactic acid because it was intense biometrics, by the way, you know, they hooked him up to pads. They had them all, you know, they had the, the VO two max stuff. They had, they had it all colleged out if, if, if you will. And they said that the only significant difference was in his lactic acid. They said that the only difference of the, uh, the caloric expenditure and, uh, and the whole fat burning thing, there wasn't really much difference. Uh, if any were, were very slight, but the point is, is that the long, walk that he took and the jog the only difference is he got the jog done faster he was just over his exercise and that was it that was really the only main difference minus the lactic acid thing but um you get the same benefits if you walk a long distance the same distance as if you were jogging the only difference is you do it faster that's basically it how do you Absolutely. feel about that? so 
I didn't want to go there, but lactic acid is not which we don't have to talk about with this is we we can talk about that that that, that was that was just the only big difference that they had between the walking and the jogging yeah i'm saying so Mm. when we talk about lactic acid lactate so lactic acid dissociates in the body meaning that lactic acid doesn't actually exist and i know i'm being nitpicky because we shouldn't say lactic acid and it's this it's, was college, what, like 10 years ago, maybe I'm, yeah, I'm, I yeah. might be slightly outdated. Like you know, this is just what my college guy told me. But in any case, yeah. So your, your body's going to clear out the acid. Um, but it does make sense because the higher intensity exercise, the more you use your quick energy system. So yes, lactate will build up in the body and the overreaching message from that scenario that you just gave is that Mm -hmm. volume is more important than intensity, how frequent. So we have what is called the fit principle, frequency, intensity, time, and type. And the most important variable there is volume. So it's how much you're getting, which goes to say, even if that individual did that throughout the week, or if they did that over the course of two days, it's really at the end of the day, the total amount of exercise that they're getting that is extremely important on their health. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Yeah. We'll talk about that later. That interests me in a different way. We'll, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave lactic acid on the table for now. Um, But the person who, uh, uh, so the, the 60 minute walk, as opposed to a half an hour jog, what would be the difference in your world now? Might just take lactic off off the table. Would that would would, would that be any difference as to what was said before? Same benefit, same um, cardiovascular and same exercise benefits for a sixty minute walk versus a thirty minute jog. Same distance. Would you say that they're relatively the same, or just because the you know the the jogger might want to get done? faster that's really the only difference what i'm saying is is that they do have very similar if not exact uh fitness benefits for walking and jogging absolutely so there you go you should probably perform whichever one you prefer i circled the airport twice but i landed the plane (laughs) (laughs) we got our answer we're looking for (laughs) (laughs) you were just looking for the absolutely yeah i was i was looking for the direct uh, contact there, but yeah, yeah, that's that, that that's one thing that my uh, that one of my professors had told me was the sixty minute walk, half an hour jog. It's the same. It's just who's who's got the time. And I said, okay, all right, I'll 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 keep that in mind. And, and what do you uh, like? Do you like I to per- jog? Right, I I like personally like to walk. I like to enjoy the scenery. I like to control my breathing. I like to focus on certain things. Uh, I do. I I do like to go for that sixty minute walk. And what you're saying is I can break that up into four different 15 minute walks throughout my day. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Um, So yeah, if it's chore related, if I have to do things, if I need to get done for the house or if I need to get things done for the family, great. I can split it up. It's like, Hey, I'll be right back. It'll only take 15 minutes. If you've got a problem with that, then you just have a problem with patience. So that's great. Right. Then you're just a jerk who doesn't like me trying to get my 15 minutes in. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I started thinking about this because actually my uncle had asked me, I was at a Memorial Day party with my family and he said to me, 
you know, I heard walking after you eat is, um, it makes you more mechanical. Your, it makes your digestion more mechanical. And he's, <laughs> yeah, I know that was my first, my first thought. I'm like, hmm, let me think, but he's an engineer. So their field is a little bit different. And however they look at these types of effects may sound a little bit different, but in the long run, he wasn't necessarily wrong. I wouldn't say that mechanical is the best word to utilize, but what he really wanted to know was that if it is better to walk after you consume a meal. So now we're kind of shifting so. the topic to, okay, we can break this up into two to three times a day and we can see the same benefits as one single bout of exercise to now discussing timing. So do we have to get picky with when we exercise? No, not necessarily. But we also want to maximize the health benefits of our exercise, right? So instead of some people, instead of going that 60, on that 60 minute walk, we'll do a 30 minute jog. Again, you're tapping into different fuels. So you're using fat when you perform that longer duration exercise bout, but you're also burning more calories when you perform the 30 minute jog. So in your case, you're saying that this person didn't necessarily burn any different amount of calories. Regardless, if you do- yeah, the, the differences were so slight. Yeah. Like the, the, the major difference was the lactic, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I botched that, so- No, so, no. Yeah. The, I, the, what, what you were saying was, I think, like at least from what I was hearing, um, that, the, that the jog and the walk, mm -hmm. they were identical- but there, there were realistically, there were like slight differences. Like the jogger had burnt, like maybe like a hundred calories more or something like that. But that, that is a small difference to them when it comes to exercise. Um, like heart rate was, they were, they were generally the same, except the jogger had a higher heart rate, but at a lower, you know, like I, I, all the specific biometrics, I felt like were a waste of time, but generally they were, they were, they were similar, but not identical to be, I mean, yeah. And yeah. 100 calories is actually pretty significant for a single exercise bout. So yeah. I always like to bring up, you know, that could be equivalent to one snack. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but when we're talking about a single exercise bout, performing one bout of resistance training, typically, I mean, it really depends on how, if you're one of those people that spends like three hours lifting weights and grunting and just walking around there like a psycho. Or if you're the type of person that's casually performing maybe like a 30 to one hour bout of resistance training really only burns around 200 calories. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, hundred calories in a single exercise bout could be pretty significant, especially if it's in such a short period of time. But other than that, where I was going with the timing is that we can also maximize the health benefits of exercise by performing those three 15 minute bouts or three 10 minute bouts, whatever it may be around the time that you consume a meal. So if you do it right after you consume a meal, you can actually improve your glycemic index. So improve the way that you are stimulating translocation or getting too intricate, the way that you are clearing insulin from the blood or clearing glucose from the blood. And in turn, that is going to give you the better end result for your fasting blood glucose levels. And that could be done by 
performing exercise around eating time. Because what happens after you eat? You have a rise in your blood sugar. You're going to spike your insulin levels to clear the blood sugar. So not only do we, can we consider breaking it up, but we can also consider trying to go for a walk right after we eat. And that can also produce or maximize the health benefits of exercise. Any exercise you're saying is perfectly fine after you eat. Well, I wouldn't suggest that somebody swimming. Right. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't suggest that. Don't the kids get cramps, chick? (laughs) Um, No, we have we have that a lot. Please don't drown on my behalf. I did not say to swim. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say you. I I heard that you get very crampy and all that stuff, which, again, that could be another separate episode. Um, You know, (laughs) yeah, debunking child myths and horrible babysitters. But yeah, um, the whole like wait 15 half an hour after you eat or you might cramp up or something like that i honestly think there's something mystic and weird about that i think that there's just bad parenting in the 50s that just don't want to see their kids you know at risk of drowning and they're just lazy people they're just like no you know you just ate you're gonna get a cramp you can't do that whatever i'm way off subject let me get back on here when i eat um i generally just get tired you know the classic food coma Um, it doesn't matter how much I eat, whether if I'm, you know, have like a smorgasbord at Thanksgiving, or if I have just like a regular meal in the middle of the day under the sun, I generally start to feel tired. Now that's because of a few things like there's thermogenetics, there's, you know, my, my, my core temperature gets risen. Um, uh, thermoregulation starts to increase. All of these things start to happen whenever I eat. So it's, it's difficult for me to just get up and start you know, I'm, I'm not going to start with a sprint, you know, like I'm just going to, you know, not to be too graphic. Like I, 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 I know somebody who um, had a little bit of a, of a full stomach in the morning and this person had their coffee. They had this little small uh, uh, pastry thing and then they went into a rowing class and they rowed for 45 minutes straight and then wondered why that person came home and just vomited violently in the toilet. And I'm like, well, you're kind of like, look at your body. You just turned your body into a human accordion, if you think about it. So you're kind of you, you really just plunged all that food just straight out of you. So high intensity exercises, I highly would say no. Stay away from uh, your body needs to absorb that food. It needs to actually accept the food. And you can't do that if you're doing extremely high intense exercise bouts. So if you talk about getting exercise, I would probably, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I would hope that you want to start with low intensity exercise to make sure that that food isn't jumping around and sloshing around too much. Just the thought is like, (laughs) Um, so yeah, I would go for a nice good 15 minute walk and I wouldn't overdo it. And I would start the intensity a little bit afterwards, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I know some people that can eat a couple hot hot dogs and then go roll around on mats for an hour or two. And they're perfectly fine. I'm assuming. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm really glad that you brought up the (laughs) tired thing because that goes hand in hand with everything that I'm talking about here when it comes to insulin sensitivity, improving your blood sugar levels, improving fasting blood glucose, And I'm only touching the tip of the surface when I talk about these things, by no means am I really getting in depth as to, (laughs) you know, all the fans love when you touch the tip chick. Yeah. What can I say? You left the door open. I have to walk (laughs) through it, but, uh, yeah, I get, okay. I'm (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Sorry. 
Jesus. You know, you as soon as you said it, you knew what you said. So absolutely. For all of our audio listeners, you're welcome for that one. (laughs) But the reason why you hit this, you know, people have always called it a crash. Uh, For example, like you get a sugar high and then you crash. Well, the reason why after you eat that you're getting that really tired feeling that to the extent of which that occurs can really depend on your insulin sensitivity and how well you can digest that food, how well you can clear glucose from your blood. And if you notice, sometimes it depends on the meal. So maybe how high in carbohydrates the meal is, or maybe how large the meal is, that is drastically going to spike your insulin right after the meal. It doesn't necessarily have to be high in carbohydrates. But in any case, it is going to spike your insulin levels. And depending on how well your body is at clearing the glucose out from your blood, you will hit a period of, you know, that tired period or drowsy, whatever you want to call it, quicker, or it Mm -hmm. may take a little bit longer. There may be a lull period where it takes you maybe 15 minutes. That's when your insulin levels are dropping. So now you've hit this spike. You're like, Ooh, like I feel better. I ate, I'm good. And then boom, you start to get tired. So exercising in that time period will actually help improve your insulin sensitivity, meaning that you can actually improve that midday drowsiness that you feel after eating. And that was actually one of the parts of the study that they looked at and the overall tiredness of the participants decreased when they, instead of just sitting down and let it, letting everything sit there when they went for a walk after eating. So after, uh, it was after lunch and then after dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's not the tryptophan in the Turkey. What a myth. Um, a lot of people ask me, because I have gotten this question before, um, why do people get tired after, having such a big meal at Thanksgiving. It's got to be the tryptophan. It's the chemical. It's all oh, it's just it's just something to talk about at the dinner table, folks. All right. Um, it's, it's just not tryptophan, Juggy. What is it? It's not. It's it's just the amount of food that you're eating. Uh, you know, you, if you if you have a big meal and you just sit around the dinner table and you're you know sharing this meal with uh, friends and family or whoever it is, you're eating and you're not moving. So you're going to naturally start to get tired. And, and with the things that I had mentioned, your thermoregulations, your your your, your thermo, uh, thermogenics, all your all your thermos just start to increase. Therefore, you just start to naturally thermos. feel tired. All your thermos, all, all your glycemes in your thermos. Glycemes and thermos, guys. Get them today. That's right. y'all. If y'all want to learn about your glycemes and your thermos, come and hang out with me during Thanksgiving. We're going to go on 15-minute bouts after we eat our turkey, and we're going to go for low-intense exercises. <laughs> But yeah, but but that's one of the reasons why like I love I love just just getting up right in the middle of a conversation and going, I'll be right back and I just need to move. I I know what I'm doing. I need to get out there. I need to go walk around the block. Um, I sweat. I have hyperhidrosis as it is like I I have excessive sweat. So I I like getting up and out in, in a cool night anyway and just just moving around a little bit just to try to stay awake for a little longer. Why are we talking about your sweat? So nasty. It Ugh. is. It really, it very much is. Nah, I, I sweat a lot too. It's fine. Yeah. I used to be, you know, self-conscious about it, but as soon as somebody told me that it was a medical condition, I'm like, great. That's if they, if you make fun of my sweat, it's like calling like a mentally uh, handicapped person, you know, 
I'm like, oh, great. So I, I'm like a medical issue now. Oh, man, I can't wait to start making these people feel bad about themselves. This is going to be <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but no, whatever. I've always been like that. I've been used to it for decades at this point. So um, well, again, I have a little shine going on right now. Oh, same. That's all right. Yeah, it but- is a hazy day, though. It's warm, but it's hazy. It's nasty. It's all it humid. Is. It really is. But also... We're going to stick with that trip to fan comment really quickly because I like talking about it. And it's also, yes, the fact that you're consuming a big meal, but typically on Thanksgiving, you eat a lot more of every macronutrient, meaning carb, fat, and protein than you normally do. So you're mixing. It's really the mix of the fat, carbs, and protein that causes you to feel like blah. I thought it was the amount. It's the amount definitely matters, but most importantly, it is the, again, the mix of the macronutrients, which is why when you are having issues with feeling satiated, meaning you have issues feeling full, you're like a bottomless pit, um, whatever you want to call it. It could be that you need to mix up your macronutrients a little bit more and include not just carbs, also include fat or protein. What's so funny? I was thinking another like, oh, if y'all want to talk about macros, we can do that, too. (laughs) (laughs) We got glass seams, carbos. (laughs) We got all kinds of shit going on today. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just having silly thoughts here. Now you're good. It's keeping me alive here. It's keeping me alive. You know what I thought as well? I thought it would be really cool if uh, we, 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 we try our best to get on the same page when it comes to fitness. We're simplifying everything to help people understand what's going on. But there are, because we are, it's, it's not a perfected field just yet. We are literally on a journey. There will be disagreements. I do wonder if there are disagreements that we have that we can make like an entire out. show. Out. Yeah, that would be really, that would be fun. I, I would like to track down like chicken know, so, battle. Yeah, well, not like a battle. Just be like, well, I feel this way. And well, I feel this way. And it's okay to have like a healthy, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a disagreement talk kind of a thing. But it, you know. It, it just shows the fact that this is where we are. We don't, again, we don't have all the answers. Professors don't have all the answers. They're still doing their research. They're still collecting data to, to, to try to help us out and try to, um, to, to, to maxi- maximize our health, basically, um, is the best way that I can put it. So with all the answers that we have right now, there are, there are still disagreements out there. Like, I thought it was the amount of food that you that people get tired from but you were saying that it's it's the mixture of macronutrients and i'm going huh okay because that's what my professor told me i assume that's what your professor told you let's spar you know i mean together (laughs) yes please no (laughs) yeah yeah together together they make perfect sense the more the bulk of food that you consume is going to increase the duration of the metabolic processes that occur after you eat but also the types of foods that you consume so when you mix different macronutrients that will also in or decrease or no increase the amount of time that it takes for you to metabolize that food as well. If I have a gram of carbohydrates and a gram of fat and a gram of the other macronutrient and I eat them, I'm not going to feel tired. Just a little preview because it's a mixture and it's not enough since it's about the amount of food. That goes into your body. Are you trying to fight me on this one now? 
No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying I'm, I'm yeah. You know, when you, when you were saying that, I thought you were about to describe my, oh, my biggest pet peeve when people talk about fat or, um, muscle weighs more or fat weighs more than muscle muscle weighs whatever. I don't even. Yeah. Muscle does weigh more than fat. That's, that's the current. Okay. For a second here, pause. If you have a pound of fat and a pound of muscle, they both weigh. They both weigh a pound. Which. Which one <laughs> takes up more fucking space is what you should really be talking about. And that's fat. Don't go making excuses. No, a pound <laughs> and a pound are the same. That is funny. You were like a pound of fat and a pound of muscle. <laughs> Shit, they weigh the same. <laughs> but you're right, Shouldn't because you're right. That muscle, you're right. Muscle and their fibers and everything, they're so dense. They can constrict, yeah, they can expand. Different. Fat yeah. is just there, and it's. Do you remember that big the the big glob of the 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 one pound and the five pound of fat thing that they always had in these exercise science classrooms? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't it's understand space, why people not the weight space. Right, right, exactly, and that's that's where a combination. Like I would love, I'd love to get rid of uh, you know a little bit of the fat and all that stuff, whatever. But at the same time. You know, we've already had a whole episode where I can't do that. I can't just exercise my face and my, you know, my fat will go in my face. It just won't happen. Um, there is no spot reduction. However, um, yeah, you're absolutely just go get right. Botox, That is a wonderful point. It seems point. to be a common theme. Yeah, just get lipo. I don't know what else to tell you. I, I'm I, and I would highly not suggest that because other situations and, and problems will occur. And that's way off my radar. And people look like lizards anyway. Please don't do that. Try to do it the natural, healthy, simplified way and stay tuned. That's what I say. But yeah, yeah, you're, that was really funny. You're right. One pound of fat, one, one pound of muscle. And you're right. It's the area. It's the space that it takes up. And it's enormous. That was a wonderful call. So we wouldn't battle on that. No. I agree with you on that, but I would have, I would, I'm going to battle. That's the amount of food. It's not, again, if you have a half a gram. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, but yeah, these are wonderful points though. So let me bring it back to the post meal walking. So keep in mind guys Mm -hmm. to sum up the post meal walking 15 minutes of walking performed 30 minutes. So this was specifically 30 minutes after each meal. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, again, not everybody eats that way. I typically only eat lunch and dinner or only dinner. But anyways, the point is 30 minutes after each meal is equally as effective as 45 minutes of sustained morning walking to improve your glycemic control. That's a good thing. People who are diabetic would benefit from this, but not only people who are diabetic, your average Joe Schmo, everyone can benefit from having improved glycemic control. And additionally, think about how post-meal exercise was also effective at lowering three-hour post-dinner glucose levels. So this is saying that having that exercise bout right 30 minutes after eating was improving levels for up to three hours after the individual ate, which is pretty significant, I would say. And Mm -hmm. the research would say. I would agree. So technically after you eat. Yeah. 
That's it. I mean, do as your schedule <clears throat> permits, but just keep that in mind. Right. If you can get in that walk after your lunch break, then do Go it. Go for it. Yeah. And if it's 15 minutes, that's fine. 15 minutes after lunch, 15 minutes after dinner. Don't give me bullshit that you don't have time for that because now you're lying to me. Yeah. Stop fucking lying to chick. All right. That's it's enough. Bullshit. Sick yeah. of it. It feels it just feels good, though. Now, I mean, do I have to like as soon as I have that last bite and the and the fork is on the plate, should I just head out as I'm chewing? Like, does it have to be right after? No. So remember, I this was doubt. 30 minutes after the meal. Right. Exactly. So that so, I, I get that a lot, too. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know how much time I should get up after the plate uh, fork hits the plate. Like, how I, mean, I have a stopwatch. Just tell me how yeah, much exactly. Relax, yeah. guy. You know, now you're just getting get out there about and, it. Yeah, just move around when I walk, actually, like when I go for these any it's any kind of walk that I go for, I always think back to really early gymnastics. And I'm talking about like the class in elementary school, you know, when you used to do like the small circles and then yeah. the big circles like I, I always remember, like as I'm walking, I just need to move. I got to move my shoulders, my elbows, my wrists, yeah, my hips, up a bit. knees, ankles like I kind of dance body. around lightly a little bit like. It doesn't have to be just um, a robot walk, you know, with your fanny pack on and your women and you're complaining and you're, you know, I like can you don't... see you doing that. But like while doing arm circles and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 pretend, I like walk I, with I've, you, <laughs> I've pretended that I've jump roped and I've been hit on before by the wrong people. Um, so I had to stop doing that, but yeah, walking, walking with me is fun. I'm sorry, but it is. I, 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 I get the laughs out. I do. Uh, sidesteps. I do. Do you know what karaoke's are uh, yes. when it comes to fitness? Classic I do, soccer warm up workout. Yeah, the whole uh, up and back and all that stuff. I do that. Like it's it's fun. I challenge people on like, you know, like light dances and stuff. I don't know. It's not just a walk. It's a lot of fun. I, I try to get moving as much as I can. Absolutely. Why just walk? It's life. Try to do as much as you can. YOLO. Oh, no. Cancel him. Why? YOLO. Ooh. Yeah, you only live once. <laughs> I'm just that's what I heard. Juggy. Who'd you yeah. hear it from? Uh, Who is they? Millennials and Gen Z's. Oh, very then, reliable source. <laughs> insanely reliable source. They're going to tell me that I only live once because they have a better understanding of life. Right. Think about this also. <laughs> People who can't tolerate longer duration bouts of exercise would also benefit from this so i think those those your, are people who just have problems with impatience that but also i'm talking about imbalance Im, imbalances <laughs> <laughs> here i go again <laughs> so just people that have um muscle imbalances or injuries tell your grandparents tell your parents that pass this information on to them because sometimes they can't tolerate walking for a long period of time but if they can maybe understand a little bit about why there's probably stubborn stubborn and stuck in their ways at this point but if they can maybe understand a little bit why they should or they can do the alternative to that that might make them a little bit more inclined to doing so so mm -hmm. Think about that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's a really good point. Like it's it's very difficult for me to um, to go on a walk with my mom in her current state because she could be she could barely walk. 
You know, I want to take care of it. I want to go on these walks, but I can't do the things that I just talked about when it's like comes to like, you know, hopping around, dancing around, you know, doing the fake jump rope and stuff. She could just barely walk as it is her. She's limited to just the square outside, maybe twice around if it's a good day. And that's it. You know, so it's very difficult for me to match that very low intense exercise because she has uh, she has a lot of limitations, um, whereas I don't. My only limitations are, you know, intense exercises for a long duration of time because of my body type. And uh, and I don't really like to sweat that much. Uh, as I currently do. So that's hard where I can do things and somebody else can't. Hey, let's go on the same exercise program. Let's go on the same walk. Let's spend some time together. That's tough. That's, that's a, that's a very big gap when it comes to um, exercise capabilities. So I feel bad, but you know, sorry, mom, I got to walk ahead. I have, I got I got to walk and I got to, I got to do my thing here. Cause it's, it's, it's my life as much as I want to, you know, come and hang out and, and help you out and stuff that comes with the price. So unless you can't afford AIDS, then unfortunately I have to walk ahead. I know it sounds funny, but health AIDS. Yeah. Health AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't afford AIDS, leave me alone. So last thing that I want to bring up is you had mentioned timing with respects to, you know, should it be five minutes after? Should it be, how long should I wait? (laughs) The stopwatch. Yeah. So to actually touch upon that just really briefly, the reason why this, the study that I keep mentioning, which has also been backed up by other research, but they chose this time period because that is when absorption actually occurs. 30 minutes after a meal is when post meal absorption occurs. So this is when basically you can maximize the potential for glucose uptake of so when you're using your muscles contracting your muscles you can more efficiently move the glucose throughout your body and that's pretty much it without getting into too much detail about it so do you have to on the dot wait 30 minutes no but think about after you eat a meal and for me i typically get that drowsiness right around that time, right around when I'm absorbing it. So I can technically counteract that by doing a little walk and doesn't even have to be a walk. So you know, that muscle contraction in general will stimulate glucose uptake. It will improve your glycemic index. So if you choose that you can't go outside and physically go for a walk, stand up and march in place for a few minutes and move your arms around any type of muscle. I swear. I know you're probably going to think you're going to look weird, but I like, right. That won't draw any any attention. No, I like to find (laughs) from the shores of Montezuma (laughs) to the shores of Tripoli. My glycemic index is too high. I am going to take out now. That was beautiful. Wow. You should sing more often. Happy Memorial day, everybody. Happy Memorial day. (laughs) But yeah, don't care. No, but you're you're right, though. Get that muscle contraction. I find any excuse that people can give me and there is a solution to it. And if you can't leave your office, if you tell me you can't leave your office or your desk, wherever it may be, do it in place. I don't care. Muscle contraction is the key to improving glucose oxidation glycemic index, all of those things, all the benefits. Exactly. Um, Yeah. You will have uh, some comedic backlash. And this is one thing that I'm not a big fan of. 
Um, do you happen to remember that episode of Friends where Phoebe goes out for her run and she runs her way? I don't watch. I never watch Friends. Okay. Now, just to, just to give you a brief synopsis here, um, Rachel's character and Phoebe's character, uh, they are, you know, they're going on a run and then all of a sudden Phoebe's character starts freaking out, like waving her hands in the air, you know, like running through as fast as she can through Central Park. And people are like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, she looks like she's being chased after, but nobody's chasing her. What a nut job. Um, then they said that she has been losing more weight out of all of her friends and everybody because of all of her extra um movements of her joints and all this other stuff like the, the 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 main point is is that she was actually in better shape than her friends going on the same run um because she didn't want to just do more muscle this it was just more movement it was yeah. sporadic it was all over the place it's serious and so it's, it's a real weird. thing but she like the thing is she didn't care about the comedic backlash she had people staring at her and like wow what an absolute nut job and she's gonna attract attention and she's gonna do whatever I take that health, idea. Baby. Yeah. And I, I, I just kind of dumb it down a little bit. I don't need to go like absolutely crazy. But yeah, whenever I go for a walk, I sometimes do those karaoke's. I sidestep. I walk backwards. My body's three dimensional. It's not singular dimensional. You're so one I of those have to... people that I want to hit with my car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go ahead. And yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like, that's why I, I'm on the inside track of Scalzi Park. So you can't reach me. Perfect. Um, then never mind. Yeah. You're not. But the point is, is that like whenever I walk, like I, I, I really I, I want to get a lot of movement in. I do a lot of those like, you know, uh, the, the cross things. I just sometimes I just I just turn the hips whenever I walk. Like it looks like I'm dancing as I'm walking. Point is, I don't want to drone on for too long about this, is that uh, whenever you go for a walk, just try to move a little bit more. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just move, move your arms, move your legs, dance a little bit, have a little fun with it, you know, like. It doesn't have to be just a boring 15 minute walk. Make it interesting. Make it yours. Make it make it so that you want to go on your next one. You know, that's what I do. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Whenever I walk with somebody, I like to walk backwards in front of them so that they can tell me if I'm about to hit something. But I can actually look at them when I'm talking and they're like, oh, that's actually you got a good point there. It's like, yeah, just a little more personable. Yeah, if something's coming up, if we're walking faster than, let's say, somebody pushing a carriage, let me know so I can go forward. I'll safety walk around them and then I'll just go and start walking backwards again. Because, again, people's thighs, they don't get enough action when it comes to walking. It's all hamstrings when it comes to the front quads. They don't they don't see much action. So I highly recommend walking backwards for a little bit. Just do it safely. Yeah, please don't get hit by a car again. Try to do it after you eat as well. So everyone the relevance of shorter, more frequent bouts of low to moderate exercise. We're not even talking high intensity exercise, lower to moderate intensity walking Mm -hmm. compared with the standard, the more common recommendation of 30 to 45 minutes of sustained moderate intensity walking is substantial there. The research is there to back it up, especially as I had mentioned among older people who may be able to more able to engage in this type of physical activity on, especially on a daily basis. And this type of exercise can be paired in with simple tasks that you perform every day, like walking your dog. So instead of me taking my dog on one 45 minute walk, I spread it out throughout the day. It's good for my dog. It keeps his CNS stimulated throughout the day. So it just keeps him taxed throughout the day. 
And it also gives me my broken up physical activity. And this is extremely important amongst older individuals because hyperglycemia, meaning high blood sugar, that can happen just with age. That can happen depending on your eating habits. That can depend on your weight status, on so many different factors. And if it's not about eliminating the problems that you already have, it's about prevention. Think about preventing these things from happening with age and just trying to keep you in an overall healthy state. And I think that's probably the best way to conclude this topic. Motion is the lotion, as I was once taught. Keep on moving. Keep those joints lubricated. Make sure that you're moving. <laughs> lotion, lubrication. I'm talking about lotion and lubrication, Rocket. everybody. Simplified health. l Get it today. <laughs> 50% off. That's right. All right. So, Juggy, anything that you'd like to conclude with hit? Um, no, you see, I think, I think you rendered it out wonderfully. Uh, like I said, motion is that lotion. Just keep on moving. Keep on walking. Keep on... Um, you know, just just keep on keeping on, you know, try and try not to find yourself sitting, st- uh, sitting still for an extended period of time. Find excuses to get up and just move around for a little bit. Um, even when you're doing your chores, get out there and walk around your neighborhood for a little bit. Wave at a neighbor who, you know, who you don't wave at every once in a while. Get those arms and moving. Just move, move, move. That's about it. So. All right. So do you have any shows coming up? I think I heard something about. Uh, something going on next Saturday, which I think is what is that? The twelfth. Today is June second. So, oh, a secret comedy show going on in Costco. I think I think it's in Costco. I think there's something in the works. I don't think there's any official announcements being made yet. But uh, for those fans who are interested in that, um, DM uh, at Aunt Mead uh, for more details about that. Um, you can find some more funny stuff here at uh, Juggy Haha. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch, Juggy010. Uh, YouTube, I also have uh, some old stuff uh, uh, up there with a couple of my buddies anytime that I'm resting uh, at, Jug- uh, at Juggy010 uh, for YouTube as well. So um, just trying to grow, just trying to do all that stuff. And um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, uh, and, and yourself, Chick, any, any, any news about the, uh, the fighting world? Any, uh, any fights coming up yet? Not yet. Nothing okay. officially set in stone, but in the works and any unofficial you guys... fights. You ever just walk up to a girl and just roundhouse her? Just I'm training. People think ugh, people always think that I do those kinds of things. No, no. But... <laughs> just Unless saying. you give me a reason to. No. There it is. <laughs> exactly. Give... Somebody please give her the wrong drink. That would be great. <laughs> I ordered a Mai Tai. Whoosh. Bitch, I know how to kick. <laughs> she throws an elbow to the drink. Roundhouse kicker with your foot bone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, go ahead. You're plugging away. No, you're good. I don't have any plugs. Just follow me on Instagram or something if you'd like. Laura Mangone, that's my name, real name. And also, if you haven't already, subscribe to our U- new YouTube channel here. We have only a couple of episodes, but we have all of our audio on all podcast platforms so get on it subscribe do what you got to do we are on episode 17 and we have about two steady listeners so i think we're crushing it and we're just (laughs) going to keep on keeping so thank you guys for listening and peace do it because we enjoy it take care of each other your podcast is ending